Turn in your Bible with me to 2 Kings chapter 11. We go through 2 Kings. Things are really heating up. If you remember, in our last lesson, God had called Jehu, and Jehu killed, those well, in our last couple lessons, Jehu uh, killed uh, both of the heads, both of the kings, both of the authority of the north and the south kingdoms. He, he's destroyed the power. God called and said, take them out of it. So he gets um, uh, Ahaz, or excuse me, let me find the names here because my brain went uh, south with a distraction. Um, Joram was the king in the northern tribes. Remember, now listen, because this is very difficult. Sometimes it makes it hard for you to understand. But the tribes split after Solomon died. His son Rehoboam didn't, didn't want to lift the burden. So Jeroboam took ten of the tribes, probably at ten and a half. Part of Benjamin stayed and part didn't. And he built these two golden calves and they began to worship in the northern kingdom. And they're called Israel now. And then the southern tribe, one tribe, is Judah, which means praise. And, and they... Um, were there at Jerusalem. And it's very important to understand because, listen, the Lord is one. And there's always one. There's, there's one God, there's one Spirit, there's one Lord, and there's always going to be one. Jesus is the one true Son, uh, the anointed of God, who comes and takes away our sin nature. If you believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth, there's very important things to see that. He separated the rest of them. I believe now that there's an entire church that's on the planet, an entire system of the church I usually call it culturanity, and they are like the ten northern tribes. They, they, they say they know God, but they have a form of godliness, and they deny the power thereof, and that they're really worshiping at these golden calves. They're really worshiping at these other places that have nothing to do with God because the only true worship that was going on was in Judah when they would come to Jerusalem, and they were trying to fulfill the feast. And so they just made up their own little religion, uh, and... Then the southern tribe, Judah, which is what we call them the north and the south, or Israel and Judah, they begin to want to have peace, and they begin to get sucked into what the northern tribe was doing for the sake of peace. And there's always a movement in the church that's, you know, we gotta just we gotta just stop all this division and we gotta have peace. We gotta have unity in the church. And you cannot have unity when you have bad doctrine. You just can't have unity when they're not worshiping the same God. There's no way to have unity. You can have unity in the spirit. You can have unity with God because there's one God. But you can't have unity and peace with people that are practicing false religion. And so there's so many people that want to do that. And what happens is, is that the northern tribes, they go into captivity. And because Judah... Uh, wanted to be at peace, they end up giving themselves away and they follow into captivity some 30 years later the same way. And you and I would be in captivity if it were not for our love for Jesus and we get in the Word of God. Listen to me. Because Jesus come and died for us. He did everything perfectly for us. And now if we'll stay focused upon our relationship with Him and surrender to Him and let His Spirit work through us, it keeps us from being taken captive by the enemy who wants to drag us away from the truth and our relationship with Jesus. And so here, God predicted it. God, or excuse me, that's a terrible word. 
God uh, prophesied it. He said that Jehu was going to destroy Ahab's house forever. Uh, and we've seen that happen in chapter 11, that the Baal worship, that everything was destroyed. And Jehu is now in uh, the northern kingdom. He's king. We're going to see that he didn't do any better. He, God raised up a really bad person to destroy them. And then in chapter 11, now we're going to look at the southern tribe that's supposed to be worshiping God. Listen to me, because this is very important. The southern tribe is supposed to be worshiping God, living for God, but they keep allowing, if you remember, Jehoshaphat, uh, uh, which was one of uh, the kings, I think he was Ahaz Ahaziah's grandpa, he ends up going over to Ahab and, and trying to help him fight, and Ahab ends up dead. And, and they're trying to pull together. And so then Ahab's daughter comes down and marries um, into the tribe of Judah. Well, why is that important? We're going to see it right here. Let's just, just start reading. And we'll try to gain some insights in this. I don't want to lose you. Trying to just give a little bit of insight in what's going on as we see Jehu destroying the Baal worship in the northern uh but they're still worshiping. Did you guys see that in chapter 10? Still doing. Verse 31, 1031. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord, God of Israel, with all his heart. For he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, who had made Israel sin. That's the golden calves. See, Jeroboam says, what part do we have with with, with uh, David, which was Rehoboam's grandson, or uh, granddad, and they built a golden calf. And so he did all of this stuff. He deceived. Remember that when we went through this lesson a couple weeks ago? And he, he actually tricked all the Baal worshipers and said, oh, dad worshiped Baal a little bit, but I'll worship him a whole lot. And he invites them all to this big conference and says, come on down. And they all come into the building, and then he has them all dressed in a specific way, and then he tells the guards, Go through the building and kill every one of the Baal worshipers. Kill every single one of them. And if any of them escapes, you'll have to pay for it with your life. And he kills all these Baal worshipers in the northern kingdom. Listen, I think there's a plot at hand. Oh, conspiracy theory at hand. No, I think in our world. And they're using AI. They're using the computer to know who is the true worshipers of God. See, all Satan wants us to do is worship him. He wants us not to worship God. He wants us to worship golden calves. And I believe it's going on and it's afoot right now that they're tracking everything that we do. They know what you're doing. They know where you're going. And, and even our present government has introduced in this big bill, this package that they're trying to pass, is, is a thing where they will know every bank account that has any movement in it of $600 or more yeah. in the whole year. So they want to know everything about you. Why do they want to know everything about you? So then they can know whether you give money to uh, demonic things or to, to, to non-for-profit godly things. They can see where you are. And we've always taught it in the church. If you want to know where somebody's heart's at, look at their checkbook. Where do they put their money at? Where do they get their money at? So when you go track somebody's money, you can begin to decide whether they're worshiping God or not. When you can track somebody's life. So I believe there's a demonic thing going on 
where they're gonna they're gonna track and see who the true worshipers of God are the same way China is doing it with people and they add money to their account they take money away it's all coming here and, and we call it communism we call it Marxism we call it socialism but it's really demonism it's really the devil using some other system other than the authority of God to control mankind. And most people, for their money, they'll do whatever they have to do just to get their money. I'll do whatever the government says. I don't care. Leave me alone. Give me my phone and give me some popcorn, and I'm good. You know? And, and they, they, you know, there's certain things that they, but they're not going to die over their cell phone. But when you know that there's an evil plot of the demons and the devil and the Antichrist coming in with a one world government, and if you bow down to it, you're going to go to hell, you'll die for that because you're going to live for Jesus. But if you don't have a worldview that lines up with the Bible, you will be led away and go astray headlong into hell. My sheep hear my voice. John 10, 27, I know them and they follow me. Listen, there's only two places to be. Either we're following in the way with Jesus or we're in the way with the devil. And that's, a, that's an act of your own volition. Lord, I need your spirit. I need help to follow you. But I choose to follow you. I just have no ability to follow you. Will you pour out your spirit upon me and give me wisdom so I can follow you and not be deceived? Because there's only two paths. There's only two governments. There's only two eternal ends for the soul of mankind. And it's whether we, we can tell now whether we are endeavoring to follow, to hear the voice, so that he knows us, we have a relationship, and then endeavoring to be in the way with him. And listen, I believe that part of being in the way with him is speaking up, ringing the bell, sounding the alarm, making sure that people know that we're given witness and testimony to Jesus the Christ, the Mashiach of God, and not following the devil's authority, the devil's government, the devil's kingdom, or this world that's earning to sway the wicked one. It's impossible, it's impossible at this time to completely obey the government of the world and to serve God at the same time. Because the same government that's wanting you to obey them is the enemy and they're trying to destroy you. They're trying to kill you. They're trying to usurp their power over you and turn you into a slave to their fear and their sickness and their lies. And the only way to get, escape that is to follow God and his word. And he reveals it. Cry out to him. Repent. Return to him. And ask him for wisdom. Now watch this because I believe that the, that the devil always the devil always mimics God. See, the devil's not a creator; he's a perverter. The devil is can't create anything except chaos and confusion, and, and he tries to lead people away to worship him instead of worshiping God. God is the creator. God's the one that speaks things into existence. Listen to me. So the devil wants to give us pharmacy or a prescription to take care of us. But God's already given us an authoritative prescription in the commandments, in the word of God. It's an authoritative prescription for our soul. And we can listen to his authoritative prescription, or we can turn to the world's government and say, okay, we'll listen to what you're saying. One or the other. There's only two voices to listen to. 
Now, it might come in a bunch of different packages with the devil, but there's only one God. One God. And he is so sovereign, he's so perfect, he's so complete that he knows his sheep. He knows us. And his sheep hear his voice, he knows them, and we follow him. So listen here, because this is amazing what happens now. Because all the devil wants to do is make God out to be a liar. All the devil wants to do is steal his worship. You know, and so this is going to help you understand why a lot of things have happened in life. Verse, or chapter 11, verse 1. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. Now listen, Jehu killed Joram, the king of the northern kingdom. And then he rose up and he chased Ahaziah, the king of the southern kingdom, and he killed him. He killed them both. Now listen to me, that's because these two tribes were trying to join together again, and they weren't supposed to. But there was an Ahaziah that was also king of the northern tribe before Joram was there. So don't get confused. That's why I'm telling you, sometimes you can see this. They're using the same names, but it's not the same king. Athaliah is this mother. Now listen to me. Athaliah is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. They were the, Ahab was the king of the northern tribe. He disobeyed God. He followed all the sins of Jeroboam. They worshiped the golden calf. And then he went a step further and he married Jezebel, who was a Phoenician, and her dad was the priest of Baal, or, or Baal, or, or Belzebub, the lord of the flies, the lord of death. So he marries this priestess of the devil, right, and brings her down. And he was a big baby. He was, I mean, Ahab was just a sissy. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you guys remember? He's like, she comes home. Jezebel was killing the prophets of God. She was bringing Baal worship. He built her a big temple, you know, there up for Baal. And, and that's who Jehu just destroyed that whole temple and killed them all. And she comes home and she goes, what are you belly aching about? He goes, I wanted to put a garden next door and he won't sell me his field. <laughs> remember that? We just went through it. I mean, we just went through it. And she goes, give me your signet ring. And she writes a letter, and, and she kills this guy just to get his field so he can plant some tomatoes. You know, this is how evil they were. But see, this is what earthly governments do. They do whatever it takes. They make edicts and laws, and they twist everything that they have been telling you to do. We see it going on in our world today. They twist everything to get what they want to have power over you, and they don't care who they kill. They, have no, they, have, they don't care about life. They don't care about your life. They don't care what you do. And, and they will do anything just to have power and authority over you. And it's birthed in the pit of hell. Because the devil was a murderer from the beginning. So all of these that don't care about murdering babies, murdering people, they don't care the lies they tell that will kill you. They're just from the devil. And unless they repent, they will be cast into hell with him forever. Athaliah means afflicted by afflict, afflicted of the Lord, or Yah Yahweh has constrained. In other words, Yahweh has restrained her. That's what constrained means: restrained or bound her, her or confined her. She's in this place being used right now, like a Pharaoh, where Pharaoh was confirmed. 
now Athaliah is is it, she's a she's the daughter of Baal worshippers, and she's there, and she was, you know, the, the the southern tribes married her. You'll see here in a minute. Um, she had married Ahaziah, right? Is that what we were shown in chapter ten, chapter nine? She had married Ahaziah, I think. No, she married Ahaziah's um, dad. And so here, what did she do when she seen that her son Ahaziah, which means uh, Jehovah holds or possesses, Yah has seized. Who, who killed him? Jehu did the shooting, but it was God who is, has life in his hands. He allowed... Jehu to kill him. So she rises up, and what does she do? She arose and established herself. Well, how did she establish herself? She killed all the other heirs. She killed all the other heirs. See, because as soon as the king dies, as soon as the head is dead, as soon as the power is taken, now the next in line is, is from the, the seed or the, 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 the from that that king. Is to be on the throne next. If there's no male child, then you go start going to his other relatives and the next one that comes up in line. So what does she do? As an evil woman, wanting to be on the throne herself, she kills all the heirs, destroyed all the royal heirs. Anybody that could have been on the throne for Ahaziah, her son, because she's been ruling just like Jezebel did. Remember, Jezebel ruled everything for Ahab. Ahab didn't do nothing. He's laid down and cried. He's a big sissy. He wasn't running. Listen, this is important because the head of the house is supposed to be running the house. The king is supposed to be king. He's supposed to be listening to God and enacting things that follow God. But since they were doing Baal worship, it was upside down. He was allowing the woman to lead his life and everything was south because he wasn't having God on the throne. And so... The same thing happens with the offspring. When you have fruit, then your fruit is going to be evil because they were worshiping Baal. Now she brings Baal worship down to the southern kingdoms. And see, the southern kingdoms should have married, never married in to the northern kingdoms because that's how you bring this idolatry in. When you begin to marry in instead of putting God first. So she says, I'm going to rule the same way your mom did. So she kills all the royal heirs, right? No, look at verse 2. But. Isn't it good? But. Mm -hmm. Now, it didn't say but God, because God does a lot of stuff, but God used a man of God. But Jehoshabah, he, but, excuse me, this is a woman of God, but Jehoshabah, another woman of God, she's the wife of the priest Jehoiada, we'll see in verse 4. She's the wife, the daughter of King Joram, Sister of Ahaziah, so Ahaziah is dead, but his sister, what did she do when she seen mom killing all, and she might not have the same mom, uh, Athaliah might not be her mom, but she took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered, and they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. 
Now listen, there's a whole lot of stuff going on here. I want to go through it, but notice this. All the royal heirs are dead except for one. And he's like a year old. He's one year old. He's a baby, right? And he's the only son. See, it's a type of Christ. There's only one, and he's hidden. So the devil wants to destroy all the heirs from David. This is the line of David. This is the southern tribe. The reason Judah is not destroyed is because God made a promise to David that there would always be one of his seeds sitting on the throne. And this whole line goes from David all the way to Jesus. Now get this, because the devil wants to kill that line. He wants to kill that line because he knows the promise that God gave to David. And he knows that the Messiah is coming from that line. So he wants to kill them all. And guess what? God's still sovereign in control. He constrained Athaliah, and she doesn't know that there's a one-year-old boy hidden in the temple. Now, she's never going to go to the temple because she's worshiping Baal. So she would go to Baal's temple, but she's not going to God's temple. So that's a great place to hide. Are you, are you with me here? See, our hearts are temples. Our hearts are the sanctuary of God. And if you hide God in your heart, you're never going to go to the temple of Baal. But if you hide Baal in your heart, you're never going to go to the temple of God. So it's according to whose voice you're listening to. Are you listening to God's voice or some other voice? Does he know you and are you following him? See, these are things that we have to start to listen to because my sheep hear my voice. My sheep are building my sanctuary, building my temple. They're becoming part of my priesthood. Jesus would say, my priests are building a royal priesthood, a house for me. They're living stones that are being chipped away at. And they're building a temple for me. But listen to this. Joash means given by the Lord. You have one son, he's, he, he's hidden away in an inner chamber, and he's given by the Lord. Anybody see the types? That there's one son of God, and he was given to us, given to the world, that whosoever should believe upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And he's hidden. When you come to salvation, you hide him in the inner chamber of your heart, and you keep him, and you guard him, and you protect him from who? From the devil who's trying to kill all the sons of God. All the children of God. And this is a type of this that's going on. And it goes on all through the Bible. Hitler was trying to kill the Jews still because the devil's out of control. And even though now the Messiah's already came, he still wanted to kill the Jews. He still wanted to make God out to be a liar. Because if he can make God out to be a liar, God's not God. But all he really wants us to do is to worship him and not worship God. He doesn't care how you worship him. Any other government, any other authority, any other head, any other power other than Jesus first. Others and then yourself. It's all he wants to do is to steal the worship. In heaven, what did he want? We, we all know if we're Bible students, he's in heaven, he's leading the, the, the worship uh, to God. They're all worshiping God. And he says, I want to be like the most high God. I want them to worship me. So always concerned with is you not worshiping God. Because if you're not worshiping God in spirit and truth, you're worshiping the devil. 
And that's what he wants. He doesn't want you to worship God. So there's one son. That one son is hidden. And it actually says in the King James, uh, in the bedchamber. And it means an inner chamber. In the innermost parts of your heart. That's where you hide the one son. The priest does. Right? The priest, that's what the priest does. Now listen to this. Jehoshaphat, verse 2, Jehoshaphat. Um, brain went dead, sorry. But Jehoshaphat, you know what it means? Jehovah has sworn. She's the wife of the high priest. Jehovah has sworn. Now, who's the wife of the high priest right now? The church. The church. Yeah, good answer. We are the wife of the high priest. And we're the ones that are taking and hiding Christ in the inner chamber. We're the ones that are supposed to be protecting, guarding, and, and witnessing because the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. He's trying to murder everybody before they can come to know Jesus. And the church is the one that rises up. Well, Ahaziah, what did it mean? Jehovah holds or possesses. Yah has seized. Yeah. So she steals him away from among the king's son to keep him from being murdered. And she hid him and the nurse in the inner chamber from Athaliah, from the one who was afflicted or constrained by the Lord. So he was not killed. What are you hiding in your heart? What are you hiding in your inner chamber? You know, it actually tells us that in Colossians 3, I wanted to do a little bit of Colossians, but I decided not to. I decided I would keep this a really easy this Colossians? No, it's John. Where's Colossians at? There it is. Colossians 3, 4. Listen to this. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Why, Why is that, Greg? Because verse 3 says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Our lives are hidden right now. But we're hiding Christ in our hearts. And we're becoming like him as we take care of him, as we guard him, as we protect him and his word. And we're keeping him from being murdered. We're keeping uh, that son um, from being destroyed. And he's still king because he's alive. And this is really funny. You see, the devil knew that he was in the temple. See, the devil knows that Jesus is in your temple. And he wants to try to destroy you, but he can't get to the sun. See, that sun is safe because God's protected, because God's sovereign. And this helps you understand. Think about it. If, if the devil's one plan is to kill the entire lineage so the Messiah couldn't come, then why didn't he go, Adaliah, guess what? He's in there. There's one left. Go in there. But she was constrained by God and wasn't allowed to go any further than where he was allowing her to go. That's because he's sovereign. And he wants you to see that he got it all the way down to one. And nobody can touch him. And it's the same thing. And he brings him up and puts him on the throne when he's ready. 
And it's the same thing all through life. You have one, the Messiah, the anointing of God, Jesus the Christ, in the fullness of time that God brings. Nobody can stop it. And he sets him on the throne. But first, the first time he came, what did he come? As the Lamb of God. He first had to go and die in the flesh. His spirit was always alive. And then he raises even his flesh from the grave. And now, He's been given the name above all names that one day every knee would bow. All power, all authority has been given to him. He's seated on the throne. And we're going to see that with Joash. That this happens with him. But first he had to be hidden for a moment. Nobody knew. Think about this. Paul says, I tell you a mystery. And so, so even though there was one coming, he was hidden and nobody knew who he was. But then we bring him out and go, there he is. He's the one. Here's the Messiah of the world. And it's the same thing here. The devil thinking that he's winning. And then all of a sudden, Jesus steps up. Raised from the grave on the third day. Here, Athaliah, being used by the devil. Constrained by God, though. Not allowed. She's restrained. She's not allowed to kill the final one. She thinks she's winning. She's ruling for how long? Uh-oh, we better keep reading. Six years. Six years. Number of men, six. Think about it. 66 books, and if you don't, and you're the number of men, and you never come to Jesus, 666. It's, but when you come to Jesus, he messes up all the plans of the devil. And he completes you in Christ. Let's see. Where are we at? Three, verse three. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. See, she's just like her mom. She wanted to reign. She wanted to kill the inheritors of God. See, it's just like the devil, though, because that's where all the power comes from. And it's the same thing that's going on right now with death culture. There's death culture going on. They want to kill those that are worshiping God. They want us to worship them. And they don't even understand that that means we're worshiping the devil. And all the plans that they're making. Do you know that they just introduced a plan to remove Baal from a, not Baal worship, but B-A-I-L from jail? Anytime you go to jail, you just get released again. So they're getting rid of Baal. What happened here? We're getting rid of Baal worship. It's just a, an amazing thought process that breaks my brain. But just wake up to this. Wake up. Nothing's by coincidence. It's God advances. He wants his people to have eyes to see and ears to hear what he would say to the church. So he was hidden. She, so he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years. Uh, and at that time, this evil woman that was constrained reigned over the land, Athaliah. But, here it goes, verse 4, in the seventh year, that's a new day, seventh year of Jehoiada. Now we've got the priest's name. See, we didn't have it up above, we just had his wife's name. But now Jehoiada, look at this, the priest has come in the seventh year. See, the new day, that's, that's the rapture of the church, the seventh year. I believe the seven is going to be, the 7,000 years is going to begin it's going to begin with seven years of tribulation, but it's going to begin, the seven the 7,000th year is going to begin 
the thousand year millennial reign of Christ, I believe. And it's going to go to the eight, and eight is the number of new beginnings, and then we'll forever be with him after the devil has been cast into the abyss. It'll be a new beginning. See, there's new beginnings still. We've been studying this in John. There was, there was uh, uh, the, the, you know, the beginning that we don't even know that John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. There's the beginning in Genesis when God spoke and created the heavens and the earth. There, there was the beginning of Christ's earthly ministry when he was born and birthed and began to preach. But there's going to be a new day, a new beginning, a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem one day. So that'll be the final of everything. And we're seeing that final curtain right now. There's a lot of people that don't believe that, but we are seeing the final curtain. This is not geographical, hap geographical happenings. This is the whole world underneath the sway of the wicked one coming to this convergence where we're going to need a one world ruler to really bail us out of all of this because everybody's seaports are clogged up. Everybody's money is collapsing. Everybody has COVID and all of it is made up. It's all made up. I know, I, I apologize if you lost somebody to COVID, but it's made up. It's a pandemic. They're causing this to usurp power. They're trying to destroy anything in your life, anything in your psyche, anything in your joy to keep you from continuing to follow the voice that you hear. The one who knows you, they, they don't want you to follow him. They want you to follow them. They want you to come underneath their authority. And they'll do it by fear. Fear of death. Fear of, fear of being punished. Uh, fear of people that are, that are terrorizing the street. Jesus said lawlessness will abound. And they're tracking you. But there's one given by the Lord that gives joy. The greatest gift that's ever been given. Because God's sovereign and in control. Is he hidden in the innermost parts of your heart? Are you hiding him in your heart? Are you coming to him? In the seventh year, Jehoiada. Did I already tell you what that meant? Jehovah knows. Here's the priest. Here's the one that knows everything. Here's, the, here's the, the, the word that we're supposed to be learning. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Here's the whole thing in a nutshell. Knowing which voice to listen to. Knowing which government to follow. And here comes this priest in the seventh year. Right here on the pages of scripture. And his name means Jehovah knows. Jehovah knows what? He knows everything. Jehovah knows what's going on, the perfect timing, when to bring out Joash, which is given by God. I mean, this is so amazing when you begin to look at it because the, everything is in the names. What names? Well, the name above all names. There's no name under heaven in which men can be saved except the name of Jesus. It means his character, his nature, his will, his government, his authority. That's what authority is. It's government. Who's the head? See, that's what just happened, wasn't it? God just in his perfect timing raised up Jehu to kill the head of both of these kingdoms, the north and the south, so that he could have what he wanted to do happen. He's bringing it about. 
even though Jehu, maybe type of China, was a worse person than the country they were destroying, he still raises them up to do his will and allows, opens the door. See, all through history, the devil has tried to do this, what's going on right now. But God's never, he's restrained him, just like he did Athaliah. He restrains the devil from going all the way and destroying and taking over. But now he has said, okay. Just as when Jesus came riding a donkey. Remember that? On the 10th of Nisan, he come and they were going, Hosanna, Hosanna. And, 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 and the ruling authorities are saying, we don't want to crucify him on the Passover weekend because it'll make us unclean. So let's don't kill him on this weekend. But it was too late. It was God's time. They couldn't stop. They had to crucify him on the 14th of Nisan at twilight so that he could raise on the 17th of Nisan. And it's the same thing that's going on right now. God has said, no, you've been trying to do this and now I'm going to let you do this. Because it's my timetable. It's my calendar. It's me that's going to meet you in the Valley of Jezreel. And we'll have the Battle of Armageddon. It's not on your timetable when you want to do it. It's God's timetable. He's the one that is the restrainer. We're the restrainer, remember? First Thessalonians. But when the restrainer is removed, it just keeps going. And you have to let God's will happen. And he's going to judge all the enemies of the cross. Well, Athaliah uh, means restrained by God. And God has been restraining this evil. But now he's getting ready to release it completely. And the true church is going to be raptured out. And restraint is removed. And the devil is going to be allowed for seven years to, pour, to, 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 to rule as God punishes and pours out his wrath. Oh, I can't even get it out to you. Let's keep going. In the seventh year, verse 4, Jehoiada, Jehovah knows. Remember his wife was uh, uh, Jehoshaphat. Jehovah has sworn and Jehovah knows. It's amazing stuff. Her name means Jehovah has sworn. His name means Jehovah knows or Jehovah known. Sent and brought the captains of hundreds. This is your leaders of the bodyguards and the escorts or guards and brought them into the house of the Lord to him. Now listen, this is very important. Remember, we're talking about the southern tribe. Remember, we're talking about Judah. We're talking about people that are still worshiping God. Even though their government, the head has been killed. This, this ruler, Athaliah, a woman who's a worshiper of Baal, she's ruling. Bad authority, bad government. There's still people that understand who the priest is, and they still believe in his authority. And so when he speaks up, they come. They still follow him. They're not following Athaliah because they know she is a lying government. They know she's wrong. They know she's evil. But as soon as he speaks up and says something to the captains of the hundreds, to the bodyguards, to the escorts, he brought them into the house of the Lord to him. Listen, that's what, that's what Christ is doing. He's bringing us all into the house of God. He brings us all into the Father's house when we hear his voice he knows us and we follow him. And what does he do? And he made a covenant with them. Are you in a covenant with God? Did you 
Did you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from his dead? That's a marriage covenant. And we're in a covenant with God. And took an oath from them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. Isn't that amazing? See, this high priest shows us who the son of God is. Isn't that pretty cool? I'm blown away by it. I'm just going to sit here and look at my Bible for a while. Verse 5. Then he commanded them. Listen, we've been given commandment. It's an authoritative prescription of life, of what to do. Not to listen to somebody else, but to listen to God. Saying, this is what you shall do. Have you, have you heard God's voice? Do you know what you're supposed to be doing in the family of God as the church? Do you know your gifts, talents, and ability? Are you asking him what's your place? And then receiving it, being content with it, and learning to walk in it, and go out taking the witness and the testimony to others? Because this is the priest is telling us what to do. And he says, one third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath shall be keeping watch over the king's house. One third of you shall be at the gate of Sir, turning aside to gate of the temple. And one-third of the gate behind the escorts and behind the guard, the footmen. That's what this means. It means the footmen. So he's talking about those that are moving about on their, the foot soldiers that are doing the work. It's good stuff. Notice everybody has all the people that he's, he's commanding. They all have a job. They all have a duty. They all have some place that they're guarding, have some place that they're looking, and this is what you're supposed to be doing. What are you supposed to be doing? As Jehovah, he knows. That's what Jehoiada means. Jehovah knows. As Jehovah, he knows. But you have to begin that relationship, hearing his voice, and then he knows you, and you're following him. There's a relationship going on. Verse 7, the two contingents of you who go off duty on the Sabbath shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord for the king. In other words, you really ain't going off duty. You're always going to keep a watch. may not be your ship, but you're always alert. You're always awake. Your adversary goes about like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. When you go off shift, you don't go, okay, I get to go lay down and go to sleep. No, you need to be always awake. Allowing Christ to give you light. Walking circumspectly because the days are evil. But you shall surround the king on all sides. Every man with his weapons in his hands. And whoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. Notice the priest is the one giving these orders. Notice they're listening. Notice they know that there's an evil government afoot and that she is not really the one that should be there, that she has usurped the authority over the whole people, the whole kingdom, and that nobody can even get close. Their weapons are drawn. You're standing with your weapons drawn. Listen, God's not going to let anybody get close. We're just standing. That's our position, to stand. But we're putting on our weaponry. We're supposed to gird our loins with truth. Put on the belt of truth. 
Everything else holds on to the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because we know when you start looking at truth, think about that for a minute. Ephesians 6, if you look at the belt of truth, you gird your loins with truth, what's the first truth you know? Boy, I'm not worthy to be here. This is not good. I should not be protecting no king or guarding the word of God or teaching the word of God. Oh, well, why am I? Because I have a breastplate of righteousness that comes straight from Christ because I believe in him and he died for me. So that breastplate of righteousness is so important when you begin to look at truth and it keeps you in a place of humility. And then what are you doing? Now I'm shodding my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm going out to tell others that there's peace when you believe in Jesus not, and the truth is, is it's not because of you, it's because of the breastplate, because he gives you the righteousness. Above all, why is it above all? You take up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Why is it above all? Because without faith it's impossible to please God, for you first must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So all of this, the truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the gospel of peace and the message, the hope, it has to be believed by faith that he gives you in your heart. Then you put on that helmet of salvation, deliverance, safety, and joy. I am at rest with God. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and perseverance in the Spirit. Very important. It has to be done by the Spirit. Why? Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. You pray all day long, and if it's not what the Spirit is leading you to pray, if it's not what God is doing, then you're just praying. But you're praying in the Spirit with perseverance, waiting on God. And Paul says in that text, he says, And pray for me that I would be given boldness to speak as I ought to speak. See, because there's evil out there. When you begin to speak as you ought to speak, people get mad. They don't want to hear it. They hate God. Well, why do they do that, Greg? Because they're listening to the false government. They're listening to Adaliah. They're listening to the devil. They're listening to the, the liar and being deceived. But we know that God is sovereign and that we're indestructible until he's finished with us because he hit a one-year-old boy and it was the final lineage of David. And if the devil could have got to him, what would he have done? He did the same thing he did to Jesus. See, the devil thought when he finally got to Jesus that he was winning, but he didn't know that when he killed him, that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. And it actually sealed the devil's fate. And it gave every person who would believe in his resurrection salvation, redemption, safety, return to the Father's house. Because there's no wisdom or counsel against the Lord. That's how wise he is. He'll take your faults and use them for good. He'll take your failures and turn them around. But you've got to trust him to do it by faith. You've got to trust him that he knows what he's doing. Even when it hurts, you've got to rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Even when it hurts, he knows what he's doing. Easier to preach than it is to do, but you still need to get there to start running after it and, and know that in the midst of the storm, he's there. He's there. Verse 9. So the captains of the hundreds did according to all that Jehovah knows, the priest commanded. Listen, Jehoiada, Jehovah knows. They actually obeyed the priest.
You know, in the Old Testament, there's priests, there's kings, and there's prophets. Three different offices that God used three different ways, right? But Jesus in the New Testament became the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. He was a prophet of God. And he was a king. He fulfilled all three offices. Saul was actually killed because he tried to be all three. That's why he was killed. He tried to do the sacrifice. He tried to fulfill all those offices. And you just can't do that. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus is a king and a priest and a prophet. Oh my goodness, where are we at? So, verse 9. The captains of the hundreds did according to all, get a calculator, that God, Jehovah knows, Jehoiada, the priest, commanded an authoritative prescription. Each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath and came to uh, Jehovah knows, the, the, uh, Jehoiada, the priest, and the priest gave the captains of hundreds the spears and the shields which had belonged to King David that were kept that were in the temple of the Lord. Then the escorts stood, the guards stood, every man with his weapon in his hand, all around the king, for the right from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, by the altar of the house. And he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. They made him king and anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. Long live the king. So they put him on the throne. Is he on the throne of your life? Oh, no, no, there's another government that's there. Athaliah thinks she's the... But she's constrained by God. She only has so much authority. Is the king on the throne of your life? 13. Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the guards and the people, the escorts and the people, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. Oh, really? She heard the noise and she came to the temple of the Lord. Now, she's never been there. That's a strange place for her. She's always been in Baal's temple. But the one that was constrained by God heard the noise and of the guards and the people, and she came to the temple of the Lord. When she looked, let's say she went in. When she looked, there was the king standing by a pillar according to the custom and the leaders and the trumpeters were by the king. All the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. So Athaliah tore her clothes and cried out, Treason! Treason! <laughs> treason! Treason! Russia! Russia! That's what, see, this is what evil people do when you do righteousness. Because righteousness is considered evil and evil is considered good. So when you do the right thing today in society, they yell treason. When you do the right thing, when you try to worship God, they yell, you're the bad guy, you're the bad guy. No, we're just trying to do what makes sense and according to the voice of God. No, let everybody out of jail. There's an inequality in the bail system. Uh-huh. Think about that. That's their excuse 
for saying that we should have no bail. Because if a rich person gets arrested, they can make bail quickly. But if a poor person gets arrested, they can't. So there's an inequality in the bail system. Really? When a criminal gets arrested, a criminal should be punished. But we see, we're not punishing criminals anymore. We're releasing criminals. And we're making criminals the victim. And we're making people that are trying to keep the law the ones that are the bad guy. We're yelling treason. Well, we're just trying to make keep us treason, treason. You're not listening to our government. No, I'm listening to God's government. And it's not treason. It's truth. It's not treason. It's righteousness. It's not treason. It's good common sense, which you like. Listen, she's yelling treason, but she's the one that's really had committed treason. She's the one that's really rejected the reign of God. She's the one that's really trying to kill those that would worship God and follow God. She's the one that's worshiping Baal. And it's what's going on today. It's upside down. Remember, Jesus turned the world upside or right side up. They said that even with the, the boys when they come. They said, those that, that turned the world upside down have come here. That's what they said about Paul and them when they came. But really, Paul and them were turning the world right side up. So see, nothing has changed. They're still saying that truth is a lie and lie is truth. That's what the devil's always done. And here she is yelling that, the one that's restrained by God. She even tears her clothes to make it more theatrical. Verse 15, And Jehoiada, Jehovah knows, the priest commanded here he goes, the captains of hundreds, the officers of the army, and said to them, take her outside under guard and slay her with the sword, whoever follows her, for the priest had said, do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. Listen, listen, is that what God's doing as he puts his fork in? Is he sifting out? Is he removing people that were dead in the house of the Lord? He's not allowing them to be killed in the house of the Lord. Look at her. Take her outside under guard and slay her with the sword. See, that's what kills people. Either you're going to follow God and follow the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, or you need to be taken outside and die. And there's a lot of people that have not returned back to church after all these lies and all this deception and all this treason that's really going on. See, there's only one king. And if you're not following Jesus, you're the one committing treason. I don't care what kind of government you got. You're the one committing treason if you're not following God's law. He's the one that's given authoritative prescription. He's the one that's laid down the Ten Commandments. Did I leave that out? Oh, yeah, they brought the king's son. It was verse 12 and gave him the testimony. I believe it was the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Here he is there, seven years old. Here he is there, just a young lad, and he's been given the commandments. Anyway, she yells, treason, treason. And the priest, they took her outside. They killed her. They killed her with the sword. 16. So they seized her. Notice how they commanded. How it was commanded and they obeyed. So they seized her and she went by way of the horse's entrance into the king's house. And there she was killed. I wonder if that's something to do with the four horsemen. I don't know. But notice where she goes and which way she goes. Notice where she goes. This is all specific for some reason. I'm just not uh, able to do it all. We're just going to look at what we can see. Stay, stay focused. They seized her. They obeyed the priest. 
Jehovah knows. He tells us what to do, and we're supposed to obey. And she was killed uh, because of obedience. Then Jehoiada, Jehovah knows, made a covenant between the Lord, the king, who's the only king, one young son, and the people, that they should be the Lord's people, and also between the king and the people. Now, it's really a recommitment because the covenant was already made some 100 years before. They were supposed to be obeying uh, uh, and having a covenant with the Lord and how to govern was supposed to be already lined out. We know that was in Deuteronomy, how they governed the people. And I believe this is a time of recommitment for people that uh, have walked away from God. They've left their first love. They need to repent. They need to return to God they need to be renewed because Jehovah knows those that are that are living any way they want, worshiping golden calves and ignoring the covenant that has been made, their marriage covenant. It's a renewal of vows, if you will. And all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They thoroughly broke in pieces its altars, its images, and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal before the altars and the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. Now listen to me. This is, re this is when true revival happens. And I believe it's getting ready to happen again in the church, but it's going to be with the rapture. That's going to be the revival that we have next. That's going to be when the return, of the he pulls out his church. I believe that's what's going to happen next on the scene of the church is the rapture of the church. That's going to be a great revival, people, because when we're with him, we'll always be with him. That's going to be the true reviving of the church where Christ fully gives us light. But these people, they went to the temple of Baal. Remember, Jehu tricked them all. They destroyed Baal worship in the northern kingdoms. But what did Jehu do? He's a false prophet. He didn't finish. He continued to worship the golden calves and the, the, his father Joram, Jeroboam's evil and sin. It was a false revival. It was a false return to God because they continued in their own ways. And this is something that has to be understood that with the false prophet coming, there's going to also be a false revival of the church. A false prophet has to have a false revival. I believe that. I believe that. Now, you don't have to believe that. You can read your Bible and uh, uh, hear his voice, and he'll know you, and you follow him. But I believe there's going to be a false revival along with the false prophet. I believe all of this is coming. It's, it's what's next on the planet in the false church. But what's next for the true church that are hearing his voice, and he knows them and follows, is the rapture of the church. We're going to go home. Now, Maytan means, and we're almost done, and it means a gift. What? Are you kidding me? See, Joash, the true son, hidden in the temple, is given by Jehovah, given by the Lord. But this false one is a gift, but he's just any gift. He's not the true gift, but everybody thinks he's the gift. And the false worshipers are following a gift, but it's a lying gift. Maytan was killed before the altars. But what they do next, Greg, then the priest appointed officers, overseers, over the house of the Lord. See, when you got true revival, when things are really going on, you get rid of the false gift, 
You bring in and listen to uh, uh, Joash, the Jehovah given, and you listen to the priest of what he's commanding because Jehovah knows and you learn the knowledge of God so that you can be living according to the word of God. And if you're living according to the word of God, you're going to put overseers in place to make sure that nobody else is bringing in the false worship back into the house of God. Then he took the captains of the hundreds and the bodyguards and the escorts and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord and went by way of the gate of the guards of the escorts to the king's house. Then he sat on the throne of the kings. Now, I believe, I can't prove it, that this is the second coming. They brought, notice what it says. It's very clear. They brought the king down from the house of the Lord. See, he's seated and he comes down and he sits on the throne and he rules, he rules for a thousand years, the millennial reign. So all the people of the land, what did they do? They rejoiced. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. They rejoiced and the city was quiet. It was at rest for they had slain the one who was restrained. They had slain the murderer, the destroyer of royalty, the one who was trying to kill. And, and, and again, uh, how did they do it with the sword, the word of God, in the king's house? Jehoash, see his name is Joash over in verse uh, 2, but it's Jehoash sometimes in the Bible. Jehoash, it's the same name, it's just written a little differently. He has many names, doesn't he? Was seven years old when he became king. Now listen to me. We'll close with this. Proverbs 28, 12. I had to look it up. I forgot. I, I knew where it was at, but I looked it up. 28, 12 says this. See, because they have rest and they're rejoicing. 28, 12 said, when the righteous, re when the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. 29.2 says this, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Under Athaliah, they were groaning. Under an evil government, you groan. But you don't have joy, and you can rest, and you can rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice when you let him reign and you know it's his authority, when you know it's his authoritative prescription, and when you know you're hearing his voice, he knows you and you're following him. You can rejoice no matter who's reigning. But listen to me. When there's evil rulers, it is very, very difficult, unless you have Jesus on the throne, to have joy. Even when all of this happened, we know that God is working out his perfect plan. And that all of it is working together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And if you're a priest according to Jesus and his order of Melchizedek, if you're a royal priesthood, the devil's trying to destroy you, but you're resting in Christ because you're hiding him in the inner bedchamber of your heart. You're allowing him to have your heart and he's changing you from glory to glory. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Thank you that you're coming back to take the chosen home soon and very soon. Lord, help us to continue to rejoice. Help us to look to you. Help us to wait upon you. Help us to um, trust you because you're faithful. Even when we're faithless, you're faithful because you cannot deny yourself. The unchanging one. You know. Jehovah knows. So, Lord, may we come to you to find out what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. We trust you, and we surrender here today. Pour out your spirit in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.